This peric, this chapter, as well as a large part of the next peric, talk about the laws of an Amha Oretz with regards to Tumar. An Amha Oretz is somebody who is ignorant and automatically not particular about the laws of impurity. Because of that, there are many stringencies that the Chachamim put into place with regards to being concerned of the Amha Oretz's impurity. For example, there is a concern that the Amharetz himself is a Zov. The Zov is somebody who is Tommy as a result of certain substances exiting his body via his male organ, and a person who is definitely a Zov can transfer his impurity via Tumas Midras. That is to say, if he supports his weight on something whose purpose is to support the weight of a person, for example, a chair or a bed, the purpose of a chair or bed is to lie on it, to sit on it, and if a Zov were to do so on such an item that is designated for that purpose, then the item itself would become an Av Hatumar, which is a primary level of impurity that is the level of the Zov himself. This is a unique Tumor transfer that the impurity does not go down a level, but it remains on the same level as the Zov himself. As well as that, if a Zov touches or moves something, he would also transfer impurity to that item, but then it would be the regular way of transferring impurity where the tumor goes down a level. So the item that the Zov touches or moves would become a Risha in the tumor, which is one step, one level lower than an Avha tumor. Although there is a concern that the Amharetz is a Zov without him knowing it, and therefore we do treat the Amharetz as an Avha tumor himself, since at the end of the day, we don't know this as a fact, and really it's only a stringency that we are concerned for this possibility, we therefore do not treat the Amharetz as a Zov for all of the laws. That is to say, if an Amharetz moves or touches something, so then the item will become a Rishon Latumar. But if he just supports his weight on that item, like a chair or a bed, this unique tumor transfer of Tumas Midras, which is caused by supporting his weight on something which is designated for that purpose, that does not apply out of doubt with an Amharetz. So unless he touched or moved the other item, it will not become Tomei. Somebody who leaves an Amharetz in his house in order for the Amharetz to guard his house. He gives him his instructions to guard the house, to guard the items from thieves. In a situation where the owner of the house can see anybody who's coming in and out of the house. For example, he's nearby the house, he still wants somebody to be inside of the house to guard it properly, but the owner of the house is still able to see anybody going in or out of the house. And indeed, he sees that nobody else entered the house, so the only concern that exists over here is with regards to the Amoritz himself, who's inside of the house, what he would have touched and made Tommy whilst he was there. And although in the previous Mishnayas of this Perek, we have seen an argument as to how many of the items in the house we are concerned that the Amoritz might have touched, and according to the Chachomim at least, we're only really concerned that he touched the items that are in the, his immediate vicinity, very much nearby him, but we're not concerned that he searched the entire house and he touched all of the items in the house. Over here it's different, because the only reason why in general we're not concerned that he touched all of the items is because if the owner returns to see him handling his belongings, he would appear possibly like a thief. It's certainly a breach in the trust that the owner had of him. However, over here that he was appointed to guard the items in the house, he can very much get away with handling the different items and explain himself. And it won't look like he is a thief, and because of that there is a larger concern. And any food, drink, 
or open earthenware items, containers, Tameim would be considered impure out of the concern that the Amorites touched them, regardless of where they are situated in the house. The truth is, any items that are able to become Tomei would be Tomei. The reason why the mission is talking about earthenware items is to compare it to the next part of the mission, which is going to show that a closed earthenware container does not become Tomei, because earthenware is only able to become Tomei if the source of impurity touches the inside of the container. This is unlike all other materials that become Tomei from their outside as well. If the Tomei person will touch the outside of the utensil, that will also make it Tomei. And because of this, if the earthenware container is closed, there is no concern that the Amharits would have opened it and touched the inside of it. It's properly shut, and it's very obvious to see that he would have opened it, so he wouldn't do that. And therefore, an earthenware closed utensil is not Tomei, whereas all other materials, as long as it's something that can become Tomei, they would be impure even if they are closed, because those can become Tomei from their outside. Continues the Mishnah, Avol Hamishkovis, however, beds, the Hamishkovis, and things that are designated for sitting on, things that the transfer of Tumas Midros applies, where if the Zov supports his weight on it, then it will make it Tomei. And an earthenware utensil that is fully sealed shut, or as long as it's shut in a way that it would be difficult to open it, there is no concern that Amar opened it, and in these cases, to Hurin, the items would be pure. And it's very important to understand that this should not be taken literally. In the last case of the earthenware utensils that are totally shut, the mission is literal that the earthenware container will remain pure. However, with regards to the bed or the seat, the mission doesn't mean that it's pure. The mission means that it is not Tome as an avhatoma. If it was a Zov who supported their weight on such an item, so then the bed or the chair will become a avhatoma. The mission is showing that the Amha'aretz's impurity, even though we're concerned that he's possibly a Zov, we don't apply all of the laws of a Zov to an Amha'aretz. And the transfer of Midras, we do not apply to him. So the only concern that exists is that he possibly moved or touched the seat or the bed. That would only make the seat or the bed into a Rishon Latumah. So the Mishnah, when it says it's pure, it means it's pure in relation to an Avatumah, but it would still be Tome as a Rishon Latumah. And the main difference between those two levels is that if a different item or a person touched the bed, since it is only on the level of a Rishon Latumah, that other item or person will not become Tomei, whereas if a person or an item touches an Avatumah, then they would become Tomei. Continues the Mishnah, If the owner of the house does not see whether other people are entering or exiting the house, so now there is a concern not only with regards to the Amha'aretz touching different items in the house, but now there's a greater concern that somebody else or other people entered into the house who are definitely Zovim. And somebody who is known to be a Zov, if he supports his weight on the seat or the bed, then it will make it into an Avhatumah. The truth is actually, I, I made a mistake, the Amha'aretz only makes something Tome based on his status as a Zov, possibly, if he touches it. If he moves it, he would actually would not make it Tome. Only if he touches it. Over here, however, where we are talking about somebody who is maybe a definite Zov, not just because of the concern that the Amharitz is a Zov without knowing it, so he would make the items Tome by moving them or by supporting his weight on the bed or the seat. And then, even if it is an earthenware container that's totally shut, that doesn't matter because just by moving it, he would make it Tome, even if it is shut. And therefore, a filu muvol, a filu kofus, even if 
the person is not able to move without being transported by other people, or if he is tied up, he's not able to move at all. That's all very nice, so we're not concerned that the Amho'oret touched other items, but there's a concern that people entered into the house and they touched the other items. And therefore our kol tome, all of the items in the house are tome, and any item that is designated for supporting one's weight on would be tome as a av ha because of the transfer of tumas midras. Tax collectors who enter into a house, all of the items that are inside of the house are impure. They have no reluctance, nothing stopping them from touching all of the items, and therefore we are concerned that all of the items are tome. If there is a non-Jew with them, we're talking about the non-Jew who is in charge of them and whose commands they need to follow. And the Mishnah means that the non-Jew was there with them whilst they were searching the house. Whilst they were doing their jobs, they would be believed to say, the tax collectors, that we didn't enter into the house at all. If we can see that there aren't any items inside of the house that have been moved, and they claim that they didn't even enter into the house, so we don't need to be concerned that they did. We haven't got any evidence suggesting otherwise. But they are not believed to say, we entered into the house in order to do our job, to collect the tax. But we didn't touch any of the items inside of the house. Since their boss, so to speak, was with them at the time, they would certainly do their job properly, and involved in that would be searching the entire house and touching many of the items. And therefore it's extremely unlikely that they would have entered into the house and not touched the items, and because of that they are not believed. The Mishnah implies that if the non-Jewish boss was not with them, then they would be believed to say that they entered the house and didn't touch anything. This is based on the rule that hapesha osar hu hapesha hiter. If it's based on somebody's admission that we know a particular fact that puts him in a situation that would possibly prohibit something, but that same person right away says something else that permits the situation. In the same way as we accept the first part of his statement, we accept the second part of his statement together because it's all essentially one statement. So since it's only because of what he said that he entered into the house that we're going to now be concerned that the items are Tome, so in that same sentence he would be believed to also say that he didn't touch anything and that the items are not Tome. Because to the extent that we accept his first part of the statement, we also need to accept the second part. Now the mission talks about the next group of people, Haganovim, thieves who enter into a house. They are assumed to be Amehaaretz, Ain Tome Edomakim Ragli Haganovim. Only the items that are in the same room as the legs that the of the thieves were, meaning the areas, the rooms that the thieves entered, if we can tell, for example, some of the items have been moved about or taken. So all of the items in that room are Tome. However, we are not concerned that they entered into other rooms that we haven't got evidence that they entered into. Because in general, the thieves would be in a big rush, they don't want to get caught, and they wouldn't necessarily go into each of the rooms. So only the rooms that we have evidence that they have entered into are we concerned of their impurity. And like we learned earlier on, which items would they make? Food and drink and open earthenware items, and of course any other items that are able to become tome, even if they are closed. It's specifically earthenware items that need to be open in order for them to become tome from their inside. But beds and seats and earthenware containers that are totally shut, to Hovium they would be pure, and like we explained earlier on, with regards to the bed or the seat, the Mishnah means that it is pure from being an Av HaTumar, because the transfer of Tumas Midras, which is when the 
person supports their weight on the item that is designated for that purpose and it makes it into an avatumo, that does not apply to an amharetz. Only if the amharetz touches the item will it make it tome, and only then it would only be tome as a rishon latumo. So that is the only impurity that those items would have. All of that having been said, that's because the Amharetz is not definitely a Zov. And the entire stringency that the Chachom said that we need to be concerned, they only said that with regards to the items that the Zov touches. But in Yeshimoim Goy, if there was a non-Jew with the thief, Midrabonon a non-Jew is considered to be like a definite Zov. So all of the, all of the laws that apply to a Zov would apply to the non-Jew as well. A Isha or a woman. There is a more of a concern that the woman is Tome on that high level because she could be a Nidah. She periodically has that impurity, and anything that she would sit on, if it is designated for the purpose of sitting on, supporting the weight of a person, she would make it into an avatumas. In these cases, I call tome. All of the items in the house would be tome, and seats and beds, things like that, would be tome on the level of an avatuma. Somebody who leaves his clothes in a window, literally, it's more accurate to translate it as a kind of locker. Something in the wall that they could place their clothes in. Outside of the room in the bathhouse where he would wash himself. He would place his clothes there while he was washing himself. So if he placed his clothes there, and there are amiyarets around, including the person who is in charge of the bathhouse, and the case under discussion is where he did not lock the window. There is a sort of door at the front, which he does close, a door to this shelf, this locker... But he did not lock it. Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah Matahir, Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah says that the clothes are still pure because we assume that nobody touched the clothes even if they would have opened the door. As soon as they see that somebody has already taken up that locker, they'll close the door and look for another one. We're not concerned that they touched the clothes. They would look like a thief if they started touching the person's clothes. However, the Chachom say that we are concerned and therefore the items would be considered tome out of doubt. Unless he gave the person who is in charge of the bathhouse, if he gave him the key to the locker and he locked it. So now nobody else would have been able to touch the clothes. The only concern that exists is that the person who gave the key to unlocked the locker and he touched the clothes. But there is no concern that he would do that because, again, he would certainly look like a thief. And therefore, in this case, according to the Chachomim, even the clothes would be still pure. Alternatively, he can make a seal on the front of the locker so that he will know if somebody has opened the door, or he can make some sort of other sign that it will make it clear whether or not somebody has opened the locker and touched his clothes. Somebody who leaves his utensils in the wine press of an Amhoretz from one year to the next, one season of pressing the grapes to the next. If he would use the Amaretz's wine press, he would certainly need to use his own utensils because the Amaretz's are considered to be Tome. The question is, if he leaves his utensils there, does he need to be concerned that the Amaretz touched them and made them Tome? In which case he would need to immerse them in a mikveh, a collection of natural water, in order to purify them before the next time that he presses wine there. Or can he be confident that the Amaretz did not touch it? And the Mishnah over here is talking about a Koyen, and an Amaretz knows 
that a koyen needs to be very concerned about his purity because a koyen eats truma. Truma is the produce that a farmer needs to give to a koyen, and it's forbidden for truma to be allowed to become tome. It's forbidden to eat truma that becomes tome. So the Amaretz realizes that the koyen is very particular about his purity, and because of that, we can safely assume that the Amaretz knows not to touch the koyen's items, and therefore, Kalev Tehoyen, the items of the koyen are still pure. Of Yisrael, but if it is a Yisrael, it's a non-Koyen who is particular about the laws of impurity, but the Amoritz doesn't really realize how particular he is. And therefore, in general, the Amoritz is not so concerned and to make sure that he doesn't touch his items, and therefore, the Yisrael needs to be concerned that the Amoritz did touch them, and he would need to purify them in a mikveh before using them again. Unless, that I had in mind to guard the items... That is to say, if the Yisrael tells us that he left his utensils that he uses to press the grapes in a particular position, and already then he had the intention and the mindset that he knows exactly how he's leaving them there, and when he comes back at the next season to press the grapes, he will be able to tell whether or not the Amoritz has touched them and moved them about. In that case, then even the Yisrael can safely assume, if he sees them in the exact same position that the Amorites did not touch them, and they are still pure. Mishnah Ches, the reason why we wash our hands before eating a meal of bread actually has its roots in that which the Chachamim ruled with regards to Kohanim eating truma and eating the meat of Karbanais. Because one's hands are involved in performing lots of different tasks, many of which make his hands dirty, there's a concern that whilst one's hands are dirty, he might come to handle the meat of Karbanais or of truma. And it could be that he will make it unfit to be eaten because of how dirty his hands might be. And because of the sanctity that the carbonis or the truma has, this is an issue. And because of that, the Chachom instituted that Kano need to wash their hands before eating truma or the meat of carbonis. And in order that this should really take hold, they instituted that everybody, even non-Kanim, need to wash their hands before eating a meal of bread. And this would make it a regular practice and would certainly avoid Truma or the meat of Karbonis from becoming spoiled. Be it as it may, we learned in the previous Mishnah that Amiha Oretz, even ignorant people, realize that Kohanim need to be careful about their level of purity. And because of that, even if a Kohanim himself is not necessarily every second totally guarding himself to make sure that he doesn't become Tomei, as long as he doesn't know that he became Tomei, he can assume that he has not become Tomei. As the Mishnah explains, Misha Tohar, a Kohanim who is pure, and he literally removed from his heart the intention to eat truma. He thought that for the next while I'm not going to eat truma, so I don't need to be on guard fully that I'm not going to become Tomei. Meanwhile, he doesn't know that he became Tomei, but he wasn't guarding himself fully the entire time. Rabbi Huda says that he can still assume that he is pure, because the practice of people who are Tomei, and likewise of Ami Ha'aretz, is to keep apart from him. They realize that it's an issue for a Koyen to have contact with them and possibly become Tomei. However, the Chachom say that he is considered to be impure, because if he himself was not on full guard to make sure that his body does not become Tomei, then there is a concern that he had contact with something that is Tomei or somebody who is Tomei, and therefore before eating Truma again, he would need to purify himself by going into a mikveh. What happens if his hands were pure? 
they were clean, he was able to eat trumah, and he removed from his heart, he no longer had the intention to eat trumah for the next while. So he stopped making sure that his hands were fully clean, he didn't have that positive intention. Even if he tells us that he knows that his hands didn't become tomei, and they didn't become dirty, Yodav Tomeis's hands are considered to be tomei with regards to trumah, shayodaimas konyais, because hands are always involved in doing things, performing different tasks, and therefore they would have touched lots of different items. And even if they aren't tomei, they are at least dirty, and because of that, the claim would need to wash his hands before next eating trumah.